and welcome to the inaugural episode of Hollywood Deep Dive. So, yay. So this is our monthly podcast, which we we will be discussing and taking a quote-unquote deep dive into actors' back catalog. Now, you might ask yourself what makes us different from the other movie podcasts out there. So the one thing that separates us from the rest is that um, every month we, we will be picking a new actor based on the fate of a bingo ball roller. So if you're not quite sure what it is, just bingo was too old for you. It's basically this ball that you put little plastic balls into with our actors' names, and every month someone gets a new actor in which we pick movies for the for our group members. Um, so basically, our choices every month are based on the Wheel of Fate. Uh, my name is Nicole Cabrera, and I will be one of your many hosts that will be hosting this podcast. Um, so our podcast, along with being sort of a fate-driven podcast, is also going to be looking at actors' back catalogs. So two other rules that we have implemented, which kind of makes us a little bit different, is we have um, what is known as a deep dive double cross. Um, so all of our group members are entitled to a deep dive double cross, which means that at any given point, if we like another group member's chosen actor, we are allowed to steal it from that person without their consent. So everyone is given one of these options, basically every sort of, we'll say, season of the, of the podcast. And every group member is entitled to two vetoes, which means that if they do not like an actor or another group member has an actor that they prefer, they can take that actor away from them, and their name goes back into the bingo ball. And they are once again given a, a chance to potentially get that actor in the future. But there's still no you know, guarantee that they will get the actor they like. Um, so, uh, I'm going to introduce our group members. But before I do that, uh, so two rules. Um, we are going to be looking at many actors for over different decades and time periods. So our ground rule is that we are basing our discussions on an actor's acting merit, which means that an actor can be a horrible person in their real life. This is not the place that we will be discussing it, so please do not send us hate mail saying, I, no, I don't like, do not like this personal actor, or this person's a horrible person. We will not respond to any sort of messages that way. We are discussing only them as actors and their talent in that format. Um, otherwise, uh, let's get started. So like I said, my name is Nicole Cabrera. I will be one of your principal hosts. And sitting to my left is Adriana Mendoza. Hey. <laughs> so Adriana, tell us a little bit about yourself and what is your feelings on Tom Hardy? <laughs> babe. <laughs> he is a babe. And um, by myself, well... We actually work, I work with Nicole at TIFF, so we work together at the Film Festival in Toronto, and that's where we met, and our uh, love of movies became a podcast, I guess, now. And yeah, I've just done a lot of things, and also been on set as a second AC production assistant, so know a little bit about movies in the background, and excited for this to take off. Yeah. I believe our very first, the thing that we very first connected on was a joke about Andy Serkis. Oh, yeah. Do you want to tell the audience about that? You, you go. You, okay. You so we had a joke about Andy Serkis, Mr. Serkis with all the respect. He's known for his work in Hollywood for basically 
um, his CGI work as, you know, characters like Golem and the Apes and Planet of the Apes. But when we heard that he was doing the relaunch of the Planet of the Apes series, we had a joke that he had a pager specifically meant for when Hollywood need him to be an ape of some sort. And yeah. he just dash off. So, like, oh, oh, sorry, my pager's going off. Let's go. Hollywood needs me to play an ape. And that was our bonding and cementing moment in our friendship. Yeah. Very good. Okay. So across from me is Jordan Batiste. Jordan what do you do, and how do you feel about Brad Pitt? <laughs> uh, I think he's a pretty cool dude. <laughs> um, my name's Jordan. I'm a librarian, but I've also volunteered at the TIFF Festival for a couple years. Um, I've probably seen the least movies of everyone here, so I'm very excited to <laughs> catch up on a lot of movies that I should have already seen and hearing everyone's opinions about them. Awesome. Great. And last but most certainly not least, we have our friend Sam Cunningham. Um, So she's going to be one of our other regular hosts. So Sam, uh, tell everyone what you do and how you feel about the color purple. Like the, the color, movie or the actual color, color. Oh, okay. not the film. <laughs> I very much like purple, as you haven't noticed with my pens being all purple and everything else. And I mark in purple because I'm a teacher. <laughs> Tell us a little more about yourself. Hmm. I love history. I'm a history nerd. I'm probably going to notice that. I'll be like, that's not historically accurate, or that's not how you dig things up. What are you doing? So. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that. So, <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, she'll be here to bring the, the facts to our movies. <laughs> yes. If you hear her jump in being like, that's not right, well, it's probably Sam. <laughs> okay, so let's get started. So, for our first role of the bingo ball roller, I suppose, um, so we were given our first actors. So, how we are going to work is we are reviewing five movies from these actors' catalog chosen by um, the rest of our teammates. Um, We are also doing written reviews. So what also kind of (laughs) separates us is we're keeping the written word live as well. Um, So you can read our reviews online. We'll talk about our physical blog at the end. Um, And so if you can't get enough of us, you can also read us as well. Um, So let's get started. So my chosen actress was Rose McGowan. So she was the, my first role of the bingo ball. Um, and I have several movies of hers that I reviewed. Um, so the first movie that we're going to talk about. So so the first movie we're going to talk about um, is a movie called The Sound from 2017. So this is written and directed by uh, director Jenna Mattinson. Um, so it stars Rosa McGowan, Christopher Lloyd, Richard Dunn, and Michael Eklund. Um, so this movie is filmed here in Toronto. Um, unfortunately, all being Torontonians, this is its only saving merit as a film. Um, this is, this is, uh, the saving grace of the movie, as I said. Um, it is one of the worst possible movies I've ever seen, and... This is coming from someone who notoriously looks for bad movies, especially on their off time. You think? 
<laughs> Always bad movies. Always bad movies. <laughs> Usually the bad or the better, the worse, the better. Don't you go on Netflix and find like the worst horror movie? I do. When I'm having a bad day, I will deliberately go out of my way and be like, what is the worst movie possible? I'm gonna watch it. Audience, she's a masochist. <laughs> so yeah, we will learn that. Um, so this movie basically looks at Rosa McGowan as the lead, and she's sort of like a paranormal investigator. And she goes to uh, Bay Station. So if you're not a Torontonian, Bay Station is basically known for being the haunted subway station in Toronto. And that's because the new workable station is built over the old one. Now, the old station is kind of used for film sets and music videos now, but it has this reputation for being haunted. And in the most cliche way, it's the quote-unquote First Nations or Indigenous burial ground, which is said to be under the subway. Um, so this is the theme they kind of go with for this movie. She's a paranormal investigator. She goes down to the base station. First of all, I'm not one to point out, you know, kind of big plot holes. The biggest plot hole is that no one stops her. She literally just goes down to the station, the doors unlocked, and she just goes. Secondly, the big driving point of this whole movie is her, is her uh, internet connection. She somehow has good internet connection in a dead subway station when we as Torontonians don't even have good Wi-Fi connection in working subway stations. Um, and Wi-Fi? the whole movie has this irritating habit of trying to be modern, so it has like the pop-up texts as she's live tweeting her finds. So it's like, hashtag ghost, hashtag haunted station for the whole almost two hours of this movie. So um, this movie basically is a bit of a mess. Um, The only sort of other random point is that Christopher Lloyd is in it, and I don't know how probably the whole budget of the movie went to paying him, but he's this odd ghost man that lives in the station for no contents whatsoever. And basically, her husband suddenly cares about her halfway through the movie, which, again, you don't know why or where this came from. He rushes off to Toronto to rescue her. There's a random cop that shows up three-quarters into the movie, again, with no contents, and he goes crazy in the subway in about two seconds. And the whole subway is, I have, sorry, the whole plot is, I have Wi-Fi, now I don't. I have Wi-Fi, now I don't. That is the true horror story of any millennial. I don't have Wi-Fi, how Basically, dare I? Yeah, except we're not in haunted subway stations. Um, so I think, I yeah, so this movie was just trying very hard to be creepy, um, and it was not <laughs> successful in the least. Um And I think the other comment I made was, as I'm looking at my notes, is I wrote several times, this makes no sense, this feels like the early 2000s. And I feel like that kind of wraps up the movie at all. It's a no-nonsense movie, and it's kind of a waste of time. When was it? 2017. Oh. I I thought this was, like, 2001. No, I thought it was 2004 until I looked it up. I actually have (laughs) written here, is this 2004? It is not. It makes no sense. Okay. So, um, it is a mess of a movie, and I'm usually not one to kind of nitpick about how long a movie is. Um, I there are several moments where it says it's only twenty minutes in, it's only forty minutes in, because this movie felt like it was going on for decades. Um, so I would not recommend this movie at all. My last comment on it was just trash. 
So this movie is... Cue Forky going, trash! Yes, yes. In the words of Forky from Toy Story 4, if you've seen it, um, this movie is absolute trash, and not even in a redeemable way. Um, so it's just a mess of a movie. Um, yeah, have you guys seen this movie before even heard of it? I never even heard of this. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was a definitely... I rated it a half a star. If I could get it less than that, I probably would. Shall we use integers and say it's a negative two stars? Sure. <laughs> um, okay, Final so rate. what else I looked at for her? Um, so very briefly, um, she was in an episode also that I got of Ultimate Spider-Man. She played Medusa. Um, so it was a very brief role. Um, you know, it was kind of like a kid's show. It was entertaining for, you know, for what it is. Um... But she's basically just there to kind of be one of the Eternals. Um, her role is very brief. She just kind of her posh British accent thing. It's kind of in and out no more than really five minutes or so. Um, so she was enjoyable for what it was, but it also wasn't kind of like, you know, a long-lasting performance. Um, I think I was kind of more impressed by the other characters in the episode. I kind of wish she was in it a little bit longer. Um, That's but, because that is an amazing animation show. Deal with it. Okay. <laughs> I have not watched it, so that is some validation there from Sam. Um, so, yes, the only comment I have on that is not even with her character. I just have the saltiness off the Inhumans is the best. Um, so, not even with her, in regards to her character. But, yeah, I guess if you're looking for kind of like that sly, sarcastic humor, Ultimate Spider-Man... Um, is where it is at. It totally is. Um, so, um, my next movie is a movie from 2000 called The Last Stop, which is more appropriate for, it seems like a 2000 movie, um, unlike the sound. Um, so this one is starring, um, Callum Keith, Rose McGowan is our female lead, Adam Beach, and, (laughs) and Jurgen, uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Prochow? Prochow. I'm sorry, Jordan. Um, so this is kind of like your atypical locked in the mountains sort of movie. So they live in a snowy town a la, a la sort of Twin Peaks. Um, there's even a weird cafe where they serve pie. So uh, it's not directed by David Lynch. It's not directed by David Lynch. David Lynch, they're coming for your label. Um, so, and basically everyone is snowed into this hotel um, there's only one highway in and one highway out, so they can't leave, and there's a murder in this hotel. As um, is. <laughs> so Adam Beach is our lead, and he is basically the sheriff of this small area, and he finds this murder and has to find out who it is, and there's kind of like, you know, your usual Seth Spets vibe, so there's this, uh, there's an African-American, uh, truck driver who's kind of very stereotypical, um... There's, you know, his sort of buddy that's kind of slow-witted. Um, and, like, again, the most stereotypical way. Uh, Rose McGowan plays your your sort of femme fatale, so she's the lost love of Adam Beach's life, who's kind of come back into the picture. Uh, she's gone off to Los Angeles to be a movie star, and she's come home. And he's, like, automatically enamored with her, thinks she's the most stunning thing ever. And, um, and then, like, falls instantaneously back in love with her. And so basically, while he's trying to maneuver falling in love with her, they're trying to solve who, who committed this murder. Um, 
there's this sort of weird sort of lack of respect for policing. So, like, people are just touching dead bodies and picking people up. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, apparently that goes out the window in this town. Um, but, and, like, you know, there's, again, you're very stereotypical um, kind of meathead sort of asshole uh, criminal types. Uh, so there are these two brothers, and then there's... Um, a very kind of gross relationship of an older man and a young woman. And, you know, you do you, but she's like barely 18 and he's in his fifties and they spend the whole movie kind of having sets or making out. And he's like groping her and it's just like, keep your hands to yourself, dude. Um, so that's what they do as characters. Um, so it's basically kind of unraveling in that aspect and it's going pretty steady, but at one point to the another, it kind of falls apart. Um, and somehow, some way, you know, spoiler alert, McGowan turns out to be the bad guy. Wait, um, she's the murderer? She's the murderer. So she's involved in some sort of money heist with the two twin brothers that are douchebags. And she and, and them are together, and basically they're planning to steal the money. And... Uh, this comes out of nowhere, so I'm just as shocked as Adam Beach is. And <laughs> poor Adam Beach. Yeah, poor guy, he gets betrayed. He and he always gets, gets betrayed. And he gets shot, and of like horribly. And it's kind of like, okay. And the movie just kind of ends with him getting shot, and they find her dead with no motivation, no answer. Everybody pretty much dies, except for the, you know, his friend. And that's how the movie ends. And I was like, did I fall asleep? Did I, like... Did I miss did I Did I go into a coma? Like, I was you like... You don't I, see how she dies? No. Like, she's like, ha, 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 I betrayed you. And then, like, she <laughs> runs off with the money. And, like, he goes to, like, avenge, I guess, the town himself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And nothing happens. And I was just mm-hmm. kind of like... I was like, okay. The one true gem that came out of this movie was the line, why didn't you go play hide and go fuck yourself? Which, so that's going to be a new statement. Yes. I, I approve. Yeah, so hide and go fuck yourself was the best line that came out of this movie. So pretty much wraps up the, the movie itself. Yes. Yeah, basically this movie was like hide and go fuck yourself because it made no sense. Um, she was quite strong in it, but the rest of the actors, like everyone was clearly trying their best, but um, besides that, it was just kind of like, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then my last one was... Clearly, my favorite um, was Planet Terror. So, Planet Terror is directed by Robert Rodriguez. Um, so, it has... That is so obvious that you're going to love it. We already know because of the name. It's a horror movie. The audience doesn't know this. Yeah, okay. The well, they will. They, they will, though. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so, it has Rosa McGowan, Freddie Rodriguez, Josh Brolin, Naveen Andrews, oh. um, Jeff Fahey, and a lot of other actors. Um, so this is kind of Rodriguez's and Tarantino's sort of homage to the grindhouse cinema scene. Um, and basically they did a double bill. If you've seen Death Proof, they go together in the same universe. Um, and basically this movie is just wonderful. It knows what it wants to be. It's supposed to be campy and outrageous and ridiculous to the most extreme. Um, and so McGowan plays, um... She's kind of she's a dancer. Her name is Cherry Darling, 
And she basically wants to be, like, a professional dancer, not, like, a burlesque dancer. Um, and she lives in kind of this shitty town, and she keeps telling everybody she's going to get out, she's going to be famous. And the movie kind of revolves around this small town, and outside of it, there's basically this zombie outbreak. Um, and it kind of invades the town and starts infecting people, and it basically turns into your atypical, you know, whatever, like, zombie movie. Um, so she in particular is really good in this. She's badass. She's a leading lady. Um, she has great chemistry with Freddie Rodriguez, who plays her, her romantic lead. Um, and I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. I'd seen it originally when it came out, like it came out in 2007. And it's just my first time rewatching it since then. And I found it to be just as much fun. Um, the, all the actors seem to be like kind of living for it. And it almost feels like they're like, they want to go back to the, those days where they used to be able to make movies like this. And like, even here in Toronto, we used to have a grindhouse theater. Um, and it used to be like, you know, three movies for like five bucks or something like that. And it used to be like where all the shady people hung out. <laughs> and Rodriguez and Tarantino play really hard into the gritty, the dirty. Mm -hmm. um, if you're not okay, kind of like with the sexual aspects and like, the horror and, like, um, sort of, like, the I just kind of like the slimy feel of these movies. Maybe not the best pick for you, but otherwise, I'd say for me, um, it's probably the best. Loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I, it was as much fun as it was the first time. Um, and then my last send movies, I watched two episodes of the show Once Upon a Time. Uh, so Once Upon a Time um, is, you know, the sort of fairy tale movie. Um, in this fairy tale movie, basically, um, you know, they forget their memories. They're all displaced in a modern era. But this, uh, these two episodes with McGowan, she plays the young version of the evil queen's mother. And, um, so I kind of lost the plot with the series, maybe about five seasons in, but I would say that <laughs> she's, than I did. Uh, yeah. um, but I'd say she's one of the highlights of this season. Um, so she's acts her ass off in this. Um, so she's a l across from Robert Carlyle a lot of these episodes. Yeah. Um, and she's wonderful. So she plays, um, so she's the evil queen's mother, and basically she comes from poverty. She wants to be rich. She wants to be married to the prince. Um, and they won't let her because she's so poor. She's the miller's daughter. And basically she makes a deal with Rumpelstiltskin to give her firstborn, as is like kind of the fairy tale. Um, and he teaches her how to spin gold. And kind of like this weird twist, they kind of fall in love. And he's more into her than she is into him. Yeah. How many characters does he fall in love with? A lot. He gets okay. busy in the series. Yeah, he's a player. Yeah. <laughs> For a guy who has weird molten skin, he gets it on a lot. Copy Until that. he meets <laughs> Pardon? Until he, Until he meets Belle, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then she kind of... So it makes it look like she's going to leave the prince for him. And, like, he's really into her. and But ultimately she decides to stay with the prince. And he's, like, betrayed by this. <gasps> um, so McGowan, like, I, I would actually say she acts her ass off in these. She's a very strong lead. Yeah. And, like, you feel her, uh, her presence. Also, it's kind of a hard part to play because... The, the older version of the Evil Queen. Yeah. She's, like, really good. Exactly. She's fantastic. So that's hard to play with, like, the same mannerisms, the same... 
exactly. tender, but a little bit softer. Yeah, yeah. and Carlisle's kind of a powerhouse actor to be across yeah. from. Um, he, yeah. he kind of chews scenery in a lot of movies that mm-hmm. he's in. Um, so she has to be able to kind of hold her own to be able to yeah. go toe-to-toe with him, and she does it really well. Um, so I definitely say that, um, like, the later seasons in the series are not the best, but she's definitely one of the standouts, and, like, I was completely kind of into, like, the whole episode while she was in yeah. it. When she gets a good script and, like, like the good, powerful female leads, she, she knocks it out. I think, yeah, I think that's definitely what I'm taking away from this, is that she's definitely one of those actors that has wonderful potential when she's given good material to yeah. work with, and I feel like when she feels confident in it as well. Yeah. Um, like, even so, in Charm, she was really... I, like, I watched that show because of her. Yes. Back um, So, yeah, I feel like when she has that sort of confidence, she's really good in the role that she wants to play. Um, and, like, with that and Planet Terror, um, she definitely kind of brings her A-game, and she's, like, in that lead, and you believe it. Yeah. She was just in it for a paycheck for the sound. I, I don't even know if they paid her for that. I think that all, all went to Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> maybe she's doing him a favor. Maybe. Or maybe she... Why am I wa- in this? Oh, right. I owe him a favor. God damn it. He's probably like, why am I in this? Oh, right. Money. Because there's no, re- there's no reason that anybody should be in that. I felt bad even for the B actors in it. It was like, you poor, poor oh, souls. No. Oh, and like somebody told you you're going to be in a famous movie and you believe them. You're so. going to be in a movie with Christopher Lloyd. It's going to be amazing. Oh, oh no. No, it was not. Uh-uh. Okay, and yeah, those are my movies. Um, so, yeah. Um, I feel like you definitely got the deep dive of them all. Because, like, yeah. I haven't even heard of, like, half of those <laughs> that you got. Yeah, mine are all pretty well known. Um, <laughs> so, I would say for myself, um, a movie that I would never see again be the sound. I think that's a given at this point. Yeah. Um, Something that surprised me. um, I thought that, I thought she was really good. I think those, again, those Once Upon a Time episodes really surprised me because I didn't expect her to be like that much of a sort of a stand-up performance. Um, And I'd recommend that, like if you're into the series or you're just trying to want to get into her um, and see what she's like. She really is kind of out there, um, especially in sort of like that sort of Victorian regale. She really looks kind of, she fits into that <laughs> era. She has a face for that time period. Um, and definitely Planet Terror, if you're in it for sort of brainless action movie with kind of uh, grit and glam and whatnot, um, I recommend that one. And overall, I was definitely, I was not sure what it was getting into, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Um, okay, so let's move on to Adriana. So who did you get? Tell us about So I got Steve Buscemi, and I was actually... Steve Buscemi, (laughs) oh, Yeah. I actually just love this guy. He's so good at his, you know, like, his characters and being kind of, like, the oddball, very quirky. And so when I did my deep dive... We really went back in time to, like, his <laughs> early days. So what's his earliest one you got there? I think the earliest one I have here um, is actually his first, I think, real part. It was called Parting Glances from 1986. Okay. And this one was my favorite. Okay. This was, like, why we do the deep dive. It was, like, a gem of, of a movie, and I just really, really enjoyed it. Um, so basically, Steve Buscemi plays a man living with AIDS in Manhattan, mm-hmm. and he's kind of not neglectful of himself, but he's trying to stay positive, but he's not as 
the big socialite and kind mm-hmm. of rock star life that he used to be in. Okay. And I guess it's his former lover, Michael, played by Richard Ganong. So Michael tries to take care of him. He's trying to be his best friend, but they're definitely former lovers, and you can t- tell that they still kind of like each other. Okay. But Michael's distancing himself because he's he knows, like... Like, the end he, is coming. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, so it's a very... Oh, that's tough. Like, heartwarming movie. But it sounds very depressing, but it was actually done in a very, like, uplifting way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of starts out in, like, a party scene in, in Manhattan, and you get to see all the, the different characters, and Steve Buscemi just, just steals, like, every scene. It's a very low-budget movie, okay. but he's just very quirky, and he's, you know, wearing his kind of, like, rock star 50s look, and oh, I was just, like, loving it. I haven't even seen it, and for that visual alone, I'm already... Yeah, done. I know, this is, like, done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was really well done. It was very romantic in, in parts, and the ending was just fantastic. Okay. Yeah, so I, I don't want to spoil it too much, but that was a real gem, okay. and it's called Parting Glances, and, yeah, I can see why, like, why his career took off from this part. Awesome. And this is what got him into the other roles. So, and then the other ones... <laughs> One funny one was Lonesome Dove, the TV series from 1989. And so I watched like four parts of this and it was starring Robert Duvall. Um, was, I think it was pretty big at the time, but I'm trying to find his role and he was in it for like five minutes. <laughs> He's just like the little like country like henchman uh-huh. who's like very odd in his overalls and then becomes like very violent to when he sees women and I was like okay so he was just I mean he got into character you know <laughs> really that well be, like, but then so. yes gotcha <laughs> uh, the other one uh, I had Spy Kids 2 Island of Lost Dreams from 2002 yes, <laughs> yes. Um, right? round of applause right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's just so great as like the mad scientist and the villain of this oh, man. Spy Kids franchise. He has just, like, everything about him in that movie is just fantastic. Yeah, like, just the way he's hunched over and he's, like, the, you know, the mad scientist. And he's, you know... Everything about that movie is great. Oh. <laughs> what's, that, what's that great line he says about... He's like, do you, do you think that God stays in heaven because he fears what he created or something like that? Yeah. yeah. And I was just, like... very godlike and he's like, I'm afraid of everything And I was like, this is, yeah. I'm like, this is, like, the deep. I'm like, this is a kids movie, Steve Buscemi. Let's yeah. tone it down. Oh, man, I still get so. on my Tumblr every now and again. Yeah, <laughs> every time Spy Kids comes up on Tumblr, I'm like, yeah. I think that's my favorite of the Spy Kids franchise. Yeah, actually, yeah. 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 But he's just so good at like being a character actor. He just gets right in there. Yeah, yeah. he's not afraid. So yeah, he played so many different parts. And the other one of note, um, which I personally loved, it's called Airheads from 1994. <laughs> Okay, and it was air amazing. Okay, can I just say? <laughs> you hear it here first, first folks. First, first, first folks. Air amazing. So this was just great. I had never come across this one for some reason, but so who's in this one with him? Right on my alley. So it's starring Brendan Fraser and Steve Buscemi, and there's part. There are three guys in a band, so they're in like a heavy rock metal band. Okay. And Brendan Fraser thinks like. He's going to make it big, and but it starts out, he's, like, down on his luck. His girlfriend mm-hmm. leaves him because he's never going to get off the couch, basically. Right. But it was just, like, a really fun-loving 
um, comedy yeah. starring these three guys. And Steve Buscemi, of course, comes out in, like, ripped jeans. And, like, he's, like, the lead guitarist. <laughs> and he's just, like, rocking out with Brendan Fraser. And it's just such a good... Fun That's comedy. Interesting cast with uh, Adam Sandler also. Yeah, oh yeah, he was actually How's Adam Sandler. He was actually good. Oh. Yeah. I know. That that's kind of the shocking part of the book. I think that's <laughs> <laughs> some no offense, Mr. Sandler. Under surprises, that's what surprised <laughs> the me. Surprise you yeah. was Adam Sandler in this movie. It was a very odd trio, but it worked. And I think it was like it's when really Adam Sandler wasn't like he's not like a main focus. He's kind okay. of like the third one that kind gotcha. of disappears mm-hmm. once in a while. So maybe that's why. Maybe like that's why he's kind of. Yeah, better. but he he was it was fun. It was really good. Okay. Yeah. Is this like a movie that's going to give me like secondhand embarrassment every two seconds? Yeah. <laughs> Copy that. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Just like yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just very different ones um, that I had never seen. Because obviously, I, like I love him in Desperado and yeah, you know Fargo, like all his big major movies, yeah. but this was a lot of fun. Awesome, okay. Yeah, so I recommend Airheads for sure. Some good, something good in the summer to watch with your friends and... It'd be like a good know. summer movie? Oh yeah. Okay. Give me a fan to fan myself while I get secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> yeah. Who needs air conditioning? You just have such a man embarrassment to get, get you going. <laughs> if you smoke, you're great. Yeah, woo! <laughs> oh my god. Okay, anything else? Um... I did have, you guys gave me Miller's Crossing, but he's, great movie from 1990 starring um, Gabriel Byrne, mm-hmm. but he, again, I'm like two Very hours great. in and I'm like, okay, where's Steve Buscemi? <laughs> so he has a great cameo for like two minutes and he just literally walks in he's like, blah, 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 blah. and he's gone. And then he's just like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like, <laughs> he doesn't stop talking. Like he's, he's trying to talk to Gabriel Byrne's character. Yeah. And he's like, so what are you going to do about it? Like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So he has like that, like old fashioned talk and he's like in this like smoky bar <laughs> and, then it, and then that was it. And then Gabriel Byrne's like, yeah, I'll talk to you later. And then he's gone. Yeah. And you don't see him again for the rest of the movie. Yeah. So I think he was just hired to speak very quickly okay. with an accent and like look like he's from that time period. Yeah. Yeah. GTFO. yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Cool. Oh, really good. Um so yeah, so would you so you said you'd recommend airheads? Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Well I the one that surprised me a lot was uh well and I guess I would recommend too is yeah. parting glances. Okay. But that's like a very different tone, but it was just really well done. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I've even like heard before, of that one before. Like um, before Dallas Buyers, you know, mm-hmm. way or before like, that, it's kind of that. Oh, cool. So it's like him dealing with AIDS, but in a more optimistic way. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what, what's the one with Tom Hanks, Philadelphia? Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like a more positive version of. I guess so, yeah. Okay. But it has like, and it's like more sincere, it's like more romantic, it's like a lower scale. Right, like and you're budget. saying that this is the director's only movie, right? Yeah, so the sad thing heard about that uh, found out about this because the director made this movie because he had AIDS himself and so after the movie he actually passed away oh, that's too bad yeah and mm-hmm. it was a shame because he is very talented you can tell mm-hmm. and great casting and just the you can tell there's like a lot of heart in this movie yeah mm-hmm. so like it, it does get you very emotional yeah and when I found out I was like <laughs> I was like oh no because I, I really like this movie I wanted I, to see I, more yeah that's see that's a yeah. pity yeah that's happened to me before you're like you really like your director yeah. and you get into their work and then um there was a Polish director from a couple years ago I can't remember his name off the top of my head but he did this excellent movie for the film festival called Demon and he was all into practical effects 
And I came to that movie and I was like, I can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah. And unfortunately, he committed suicide a few days after his movie premiered. Marcin. Uh, I believe yeah, so, yeah. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his last name right. I apologize. Um, but he, yeah, he committed suicide a few days after his movie premiered. And it was just like, it was kind of like devastating. I was like, I'm like that was, like, kind of a new voice in film that I was really looking forward to seeing. Yeah. So that was, so. like, this guy. Uh, Bill Sherwood was the director for Parting Glances, and mm-hmm. he died at 37. So mm-hmm. it was just... But in a way, it's, like, it's nice that he got his movie out and was able to he see it. He saw something yeah. to remember him by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, awesome. Okay, so next is Jordan. Uh, so, Jordan, what actor did you have? Tell us a bit about them. Um, so my actress was uh, Patricia Arquette, um, my only exposure to her was through CSI Cyber. Yes! <laughs> we have we have one woo from our group member. Okay. Hey. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was a spinoff of CSI where she kind of led a team of... Um, essentially to handle more, like, I guess, technological cases that involved, like, hacking, that kind of thing. Very short-lived series. <laughs> I remember there being a lot of controversy about the actual plausibility of these plots actually happening, but I, I was still entertained. I feel like that's mm-hmm. kind of a given with a CSI show in general, though. Mm-hmm. I remember it's how many people right? wanted to get into Friends it's when CSI premiered, and mm-hmm. I wanted to be like, that's not what it's like. It's yeah. not like the show. Please stop trying to get into school for this because it's not you're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Detectives are on the field. The CSI people are stuck in a lab. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was one of those people who was like, ooh, maybe I should go into that. <laughs> uh, so for me, it was really interesting to kind of see um, her earlier stuff. Um, so I started, the earliest one I have is an episode from Tales from the Crypt, which was... Um, one of those episodic horror shows in the 90s, which yes. we don't really have anymore, I don't think. No, not really. Or I guess the Twilight Zone re- recently is rebooting. Well, or apparently re-did. they were supposed to do mm-hmm. Tales from the Crypt again, but now it's stuck mm-hmm. in de- developmental hell oh. because it, they can't get... Like, all the episodes mm-hmm. are filmed, right. and they can't oh, oh, get it weird. out. Because really um, M. Night Shyamalan is supposed to be doing that, and mm-hmm. like he apparently got like a bunch of actors, so like you know, actors like Brad Pitt and like other actors in the original mm-hmm. one have come back to do an episode of the new one. Oh, that's cool. And the last I heard of it, it was in developmental health. So they're all filmed, but for some odd reason, he can't get them out. Hmm. Oh, so no one's picking it up to distribute it. I don't... I think it's that, but is it something else too? I'm not quite sure. Anyway, uh, sorry. Really sure. <laughs> well, well, I, well I, I wanted to start that discussion just because like, I don't feel like there's any more really of those episodic horror shows because like, we used to have like this, mm-hmm. Goosebumps. So Are you afraid of the dark? dark. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, so essentially it's, it's, these are just like standalone episodes um, with a horror theme. So in this episode... Um, Arquette is playing like she's like trapped on a on this um, farm where she's like a worker, um, but one of the, her um, so basically there's her um, this lady who kind of owns the farm and then there's another guy um, who's um, he's very off like he's kind of like you know what kind of like that um, the um, like the dim witted assistant to the yeah. main to the main gotcha. villain. Yeah. Right? Um, like that little henchman. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, he keeps trying to um, 
to make the moves on Arquette's character, but she's, but, um, yeah, (laughs) but, um, she also is a little crazy too, because she's, there's like this, um, scarecrow in the field, um, but at night the scarecrow comes alive, (laughs) and, um, and so she, like, dances with the scarecrow, and she, like, falls in love with the scarecrow. With the scarecrow. <laughs> yes. Why? I mean, like, I know her choices in men are slim, but that's kind of desperate. That's a nope. Okay, so, so she falls in love with the scarecrow. Yeah, but, but the, but the um, head ranch lady keeps getting upset that um, she's wasting time with the scarecrow instead of working. <laughs> I so, mean, get her to work. Stop. Wait, wait, wait. So is this literally a quote-unquote a roll in the hay because she's <laughs> with the scarecrow? I guess so. Well then. I'll be here so. all week. <laughs> time to harvest. Yeah. So, yeah. Harvesting something. Anyways. <laughs> so, at the end, so she's gonna, um, so she wants to run off with the scarecrow, and then at night when she's with the scarecrow, you suddenly see the um, the head farm lady comes out from behind it, and she's like, "It's not real!" And then she like stabs the scarecrow. Oh my god! And then it turns out it was the other work ranch worker, the, the guy. guy. Yeah, he was dressed dressing up as a scarecrow. <laughs> oh! So she kills him. Oh my god! Then, well, it's tales of the crypt. It's supposed to be scary. That's intense. Oh. And then, and then just after um, she kills him and she gets shocked, Arquette kills her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she runs off. And that's like, how it Escaping the farm. Okay. Yes. So it's very, you know, that campy 90s horror. Yeah. Episodic. That sounds great. Vibe. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it uh, didn't age well because it's super campy, but it was oh, so right. <laughs> fair to see her... Like one of her early stuff. Uh huh. Yeah, she must have been super young. Yeah. Let's see, nineteen ninety. So Let's that actually see. sounds like a good episode. Though. Yeah. 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 Time. yeah. What else did you have, Jordan? So I also had. Sorry, I was trying to find her age, but her birthday's not. Fun. I'll go hunting for that. You continue reading. Yeah. Keep going, Jordan. <laughs> All right. So next I had an actual good movie. Great. <laughs> um, so True Romance. Yes. Which you made me watch that. Yeah. Okay. So audience, how we spent our Valentine's Day this year is uh, both Adriana and Sam came over to my house and we watched True Romance. Oh my God. So, so go ahead, Jordan. Right, so she was in this with Christian Slater, Dennis Hopper. Ah, uh, yeah. My man. <laughs> So, audience, she, audience, just for the FYI, we are very big Christian Slater enthusiasts. So, in fact, Jordan and I were discussing this off, off uh, mic, I guess, and he said, "I hope I get Christian Slater for my next pick." And I said, "You're gonna have to fight me and Adriana for him." So. <laughs> So we are his character instead. We are very big enthusiasts. Okay, sorry. Go not, ahead. not to not to doubt on her character because she was very interesting too. Yes, it just his character was the main drawing force of the movie. Yeah, and he's actually a lead in that one, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Continue. So she's um. Um. So the movie and so in the movie, like Christian Slater is like um, he's a character who he's 
he's a bachelor, so he's trying to, um, so he, like, goes to bars, he talks to women, mm-hmm. um, really into Elvis, and, um, <laughs> and, um, so one night he goes to the movie, and then he runs into, um, Arquette's character named Alabama, and she, they see me, and they hit it off, they have the same interests, they, um, they talk, they go back to his place, but then it turns out that she was paid by his boss to sort of give him, you know, his one night on, on his birthday, like a, a good night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, um, but, she, but she's sad because, like, she was paid to do this, but she genuinely likes him. Right. Um, but she's worried about, um, about her pimp. Um, not being happy. <laughs> Rightly so. <laughs> with her wanting to be with someone else. Right. And so Christian Slater does what... Right. What... what <laughs> does what men do and goes and kills the pimp. <laughs> Understandable, <laughs> I think. <laughs> and then when he comes back and she, at first she's shocked about what he did, but then she's... But then she's happy to be able to be free from him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting to kind of see like the sh- her shift in personality because she's very, she feels very genuine, overly nice at the beginning, and then after this point, when he kills the pimp and then they go on the run, then you kind of there's like just like this one eighty flip in her person in her character. Mm-hmm. She's like overly happy, very ditzy, kind of like over in love with him. Yeah, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, she's like super mm-hmm. infatuated with yeah. him. Mm-hmm. So I think you're I think you're overlooking one of the weirdest cameos though in this movie is Gary Oldman as her pimp. Oh with his yeah. ridiculous like Rastafarian yeah. dreadlocks and like this odd scene where like they have like a confrontation in his house that's like red and full of mirrors. And mm-hmm. yeah, and mm-hmm. when you're watching it, Adriana was like, "Where's Gary Oldman?" I'm like, oh, "That's Gary you're Oldman." She's like, "That's Gary Oldman." So and let's just remember, it's 1993, so yes, it's technically not okay, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like again, speaking of directors that passed away, rest in peace, Tony Scott. Um, it is definitely an epitome of its time. A lot of the humor in this movie would not fly. By today's standards. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Especially when the... Christmas <laughs> Slater's dad gets captured by the mafia guy. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> Who's yeah, playing his dad in this movie? I will go look at... Uh, well, so, walk back to the... Um, is Christopher Walken. Is it Walken? Oh, no, he's no, the bad guy. It's, um, no, no, hold. What is it? Or yeah, for really? those, so for it's those Dennis of you Hopper. Seen, there we yeah. go. Whoever, also, sorry, whoever yeah. cast Hopper as his father, brilliant casting, because they actually do look like father and son yeah. in this movie. Like, they look related. Yeah. And the only the scene that always makes me laugh is the scene where Alabama kisses him, and he's like, she does teach, like, peaches. God damn. <laughs> yeah, not me today. Peaches or strawberries? And he's peaches. peaches. Are you sure you're not just having peaches on the mind? No, oh. he's actually peaches. Okay. Sorry, Jordan. <laughs> Uh, so for those who don't know, it turns out that when they killed the pimp, they actually also stole a bunch of drugs from him. And, and so the police is after them, and the mafia who was going to get the drugs is also after them. And they, um, so that's where the kidnapping scene with his dad comes in. <laughs> um, and um, So that was a very good movie. 
really enjoyed that one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so just going back to the Tales of the Crypt, she would have been 22 years old according to my math. Might be slightly off. Wow. 80. Yeah. 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 That's wild. Yeah, she's, that's really young. What else did she do with that, Jordan? Um, so then there was another one called um, Holy Matrimony. Okay. Starring her with um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, wow. A, and, but he, and he's a kid in this movie, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was seeing, um, yeah, I was seeing, yeah, and actually, and, yeah, like, not, oh, wow. I was like, oh, wow. And directed by Leonard Nimoy, so that was kind of interesting. Oh, interesting. Oh. What? He directed something? Yeah. Like, like Spock. Yes, Spock. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's awesome. Um... So in this movie, so something a little off note that I thought was kind of funny is that like the beginning of this movie kind of seemed like the first two mo um, movie and TV show I just saw like mashed together because <laughs> because so so in this character gets a character named Havana and she works. <laughs> <laughs> she did her in Alabama Havana. Alabama, yeah, she's gonna be named after every major city. Jeez, can we name um, her Toronto next? <laughs> So in the opening movie, she works. So she works at a county fair, and she works together with one of her coworkers to rob the ringmaster of, okay. of the okay. money and the safe, and they both run off, which is kind of like the end of the true Oh, it is kind of true Okay, yeah. And then it turns out that so her, the coworker, um, they they um go hide in Canada with his um family, which is like an Amish community. Okay. So, so now she's stuck on a farm. <laughs> oh, heads back to the scarecrow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Is this where she she meets Joseph Gordon Lovett? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so she's the brother of the of um of her of of the um coworker that she ran off. Oh, with. okay. And so what happens is that he um so they hide the money, um so only um um. Sorry, <laughs> let me just collect my thoughts for a moment. Um, so, what happens is that the brother go tr goes into town. Um, okay, so so they're in this Amish community. Community, mm -hmm. so like it's very very old school. So like you know like the women have to like you know dress very modest. They they do all the chores right. and stuff. Uh, so, and so she has to be married to oh. her coworker. Okay. Um, but then one day when he goes out to town, um, he gets into a car accident. And, okay. And, dies. and we and so, and the traditions of their community is that, when the husband dies, the wife has to marry the brother. Right. Who's Joseph? Jo who's Got Joseph? Got it. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, Kingsman Redeemers had that idea. <laughs> hmm. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> um. So. So basically, it's kind of like so. Basically, they say that she has to marry him, or she has to be exiled from the community. Gotcha. But she doesn't know where, um, where her coworker hid the money. Um, right. Oh. So she, so she, she doesn't want to marry the boy, but she has, but she has to, so she can stay and try to find where he put the money, so that so she can run off with the money. Right. <laughs> but then it turns out that. Um, so the place where he hid the money is like where his and his brother's secret hiding spot. So he finds where the money is, and she and he finds out. Oh, that's why he she here. She why she's it. here? Right. Yeah, because she. Um, so basically, what he does is um, because she refuses to do any of the chores. Yeah. Because you know she's she's modern. Yeah. A modern woman. She doesn't want to do all that. So like 
Um, what he does is he starts hiding the money around the the place, like so, like he like hid some in the in like the flower bed because like she's supposed to weed the flower bed. Okay. And then so he hides the money in there and he pretends that he oh I just found some money in the flower bed. Oh. And she's like, oh don't worry, I'll start doing the. Ch- I'll, oh I'll my god! Like as she works, she goes find so the money. Like, yeah. So it's like reward. So he gets he tries to make it look like he hid the money around so uh-huh. to get her to do the work. Oh my god, that's funny. Smart little guy. <laughs> But eventually she catches on and finds out that he knows where the money is. Uh-huh. So the two of them work together to kind of, um, they, so he, um, so in this movie, like he's like a devout follower of their religion. So he wants to do the right thing. So he tells everyone about the money that they found. Um, and he said that the right thing to do is to return it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so he... And um, Patricia Arquette both leave the town to go back to the circus to return to the return money. money. But there's also a police officer who's trying to, who's on the case to try to find out where the stolen money is. Oh my god! Up. Yeah, this is like a weird combination <laughs> of the other yeah, two. That is weird. Yeah. Okay. She definitely has a theme going on. Yeah. Named so. after weird cities or states. <laughs> Into farms. <laughs> Into people in she shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. getting in trouble with the law. And into people that she should not be in relationships with. Including inanimate objects. Yeah. And lower yeah. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so basically, um, turns out the cop wants to kill them both so he can take the money and run. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but then, um, they stop him. Um, they return the money. Um, they end up going their separate ways, so they don't stay married. We don't have any weird relationship yeah. between the two of them. But like, don't have but they have a very marrying them. But they do have a very nice friendship in the movie. Like, oh, they right. play off each other very well. And Joseph um, Gordon-Levitt is like really young. In this, yeah, right? twelve yeah. years old during filming. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah, in my mind, yeah, he's I'm very always... happy they didn't go that route. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would hope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can actually watch this movie. It's good. Yeah, they just have like a very cute friendship. Yeah, that's okay. That sounds cute. Mm -hmm. What else? Or is that it? Uh, No. So I also Mm -hmm. had holes. Yes. (laughs) So. um, (laughs) I love that movie. It was a very enthusiastic. Uh, It's pronounced Shia LaBeef. (laughs) (laughs) So I know some people have issues with him. (laughs) Um, But uh, so this was one of his earlier movies in two thousand and three. Damn. Um, so in this movie, so Patricia Arquette is more of part of the backstory of this movie. So she's not one of the main characters or in the, or in the current plot, but she, um, but her story is like a big reason as to why, um, is a big reason as to why a lot of the, um, um, main plot is happening. So, so essentially, um... Shia LaBeouf gets into trouble. He has to get um, go um, gets in trouble with the law for stealing some shoes, and he has and he gets sent to this sort of internment camp. Mm-hmm. For some odd reason, I always confuse holes with that owl one. Hoot! Yeah, is also <laughs> a guilty pleasure of mine. And I don't, it has Coulson in it. I don't think 
who had Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Yeah, Agent Coulson is the bad guy in <laughs> I mean, he's a bad guy in a lot of movies. I, like, I think Agent Coulson is one of those rare movies that he's a good guy. He's trying to kill the poor little burring owls who are adorable and need not be hurt. Yes, yeah, Shia, <laughs> Shia LaBeouf is not in the movie, trust me, right? I, no, no, he's not. Okay. Uh, I think they came out around the same time. Yeah. No, they did not. No, they did not. Okay. <laughs> see, in my mind... I just see them in Coulson the Walmart sh- of the same shelf in the... Yeah, I don't it's know. Because the H's are next to each other. Anyway, well, that's, that makes sense because H O L and H O O. And maybe because they're both about the ground and <laughs> things in the ground. <laughs> one's treasure, one's not. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, sorry. Yeah. 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 So we get into this. Um, so this um, juvenile like um, detention, um, like um, what's the word? Like facility. Yeah. It's where they have to dig holes essentially. Uh huh. You know, like, have them do hard labor, think about what they did. But what it turns out is that the owner of this um, of this camp wants um, there's treasure hidden somewhere in this desert, and that's the true reason why she has the kids digging holes. It's because she wants that treasure. Mm-hmm. And so the whole reason that the treasure is there in the first place is because of the backstory with Arquette's character. I can fix that. <laughs> and it makes me cry. <laughs> so her so her character's name is Catherine and she was a schoolhouse teacher. Um, and um, so while she was there, you know, there's a lot of um, people who are trying to get her attention. Um, but the only guy who was able to get her attention was um, this um, this handyman who um, would come around town. He would um, he would sell food. He would um, do repairs on the schoolhouse. And they had, and they and they kind of like slowly, budding romance. But it, but this is um, this is obviously in old times, um, and and he's black. Mm-hmm. So so they don't racism. Like that. Right. <laughs> it existed. Yes. It still exists. Talk to your parents. And so one of the um, so someone in the town saw the two of them kissing. And for that, he was put to death. Oh my god. Yeah. That I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they and, killed him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. See, again, I am clearly <laughs> confusing this with the owls, or I blanked it out because it was traumatic. It was traumatic. It, it was. So, like, 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 for, like, and I, I never. Mean, I considered it a kid's movie, but. Like looking back at you now, yeah, it's like wow. Does it seem was, more adult to you than kids? Like, well, just yeah. this this backstory. Okay. And then also, like the way Sigourney Weaver's character basically mm-hmm. nearly murders her own people working with her with the uh, nails that have poison when it was still wet. I have a vague recollection mm-hmm. of yeah, this. Yeah, she like yeah. scratches uh, his face. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's good movie mm-hmm. and book, but whew. At my elementary school, what were you thinking when you had this on our reading list? <laughs> Same with my elementary school. Come on, seriously. <laughs> this is not strict me as child friendly. The more well, you discuss it, we had to watch uh, read The Outsiders, which is even worse than this. I love The Outsiders. Okay, that's a whole different story. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> disclaimer: we get on tangents. <laughs> so basically, she tries to get the attention of the sheriff. The sheriff's drunk and says, "Oh, it's against the law for him to kiss you." Um, so he has to be put to death. Mm-hmm. Um, Cries. So what she does is, so she um, takes on um, a persona named, um, so so her original name is Catherine, and then she takes on, she becomes a bandit, and her name is Kissing Kate Barlow. 
That's actually a pretty good so, name. Yep. So the whole thing is because they said because he kissed you, um, um, he has to be put to death. So what she does is, um, so she basically goes around to get revenge on everyone who yep. wronged her, as well as to, um, as well as to just um, steal things from other people in the area. She. Um, her signature is to kiss them before she kills them. Oh, okay. Kind of like a Robin Hood? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then to bring out the whole point of because she kissed the guy. She they kissed know him, it's they, her. She, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, and then and then so before she died, she um, she buried the treasure somewhere in the desert. Mm-hmm. And she tells, um, so one of the, um, so two of the townspeople, um, one of the guys who, um, pointed out uh, who uh, reported them to the authorities uh, wants to know where the treasure is that she that, uh, like everything that she stole and then she basically just says that um, your descendants will be digging in this desert forever and you'll never find it mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she um, and then she um, kills herself with um, one with um, uh, like a lizard <laughs> yeah I'm trying to remember what the what? species was yeah but one of those lizards like with poison in, in its fang so she has it bite uh, has has it bite her and then she dies. Wow, that's kind of badass. But... <laughs> that was a great movie. Yeah, and then so that leads up to this plotline with Shia LaBeouf and how so the treasure they're digging for is the treasure that she her character left behind. Ah, okay. And then eventually they do find the treasure, um, but um, Shia LaBeouf and his um, friend Zero get to keep keep it. Was it like it, was it in like a location that was like super obvious or? Um, or was it just like was it like hard to find as she said it was? Yeah, it was like hidden in um by this um by this rock formation. Um kind of No, that's where the onions were. Oh right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was just like in the ground. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Why do I know this story so well? <laughs> it was a good movie. <laughs> okay. I'd say. Cool. Yeah, so I said like I really thought it would have been interesting if her character was the focus of the movie. Yeah, she seems um, like she has a really good backstory. Kind of like a... She kind of gave, like, a Carmen San Diego vibe. Kind mm, of like that. Nice. Okay. She kicked ass. <laughs> and it was a shame, too, because she kind of, like... Like, so, like, in the movie, like, kind of, like, all her escapades and stuff are kind of just shown through, like, short scenes and, like, newspaper clips flying around. Like, it would have been nice if she kind of got... Yeah. Movie. But, like, that wasn't the focus of the movie again. But I thought she really stole the show in that. Prequel. Prequel. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, and also, like, I guess I keep getting, so, in order to break the trend of her being an outlaw in all these movies, <laughs> I decided yeah. to watch Boyhood. <laughs> so that was... Okay. Right. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, so it'd be kind of funny movie. if she, like, halfway through the movie was like, heist, heist, <laughs> bye guys, bye Ethan Hawke, under no Rob Banks now. <laughs> uh, so what really sets this movie apart is that it was filmed over, um, Twelve-year period, mm-hmm. so you get to see like all the actors age um, while the movie's going on. So in this movie, Arquette plays the mother of the main character, um, Mason, mm-hmm. and it's kind of just—it's um, a very different movie in that there's no sort of like overarching narrative or plot in the traditional sense. It's sort of just following Mason's life from early childhood to college kind of like the movie kind of like jumps through like jumps like from point to point in his life um 
like he'll be like in like he's he starts out in elementary school and then like it jumps to when like his parents divorce jumps to when they get remarried mm-hmm. um very it's a it was a very interesting movie like it, kind of very interesting to see like the characters age like sort of as the movie goes on rather than you know they're just wearing like makeup to like look older mm-hmm. kind of thing so like do they kind of mm-hmm. go out of their way to make the actors like look like quote unquote like less glamorous or like more like regular people because like they're mm-hmm. aging in real time um it didn't feel like that to me like I think they like the, well all the characters felt pretty down to earth okay. but like I don't but because it was filmed over the 12-year period, I don't think they really needed to do that too much. Okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's, um, that's, there's a similar movie like that. Like, it has more, I guess it's more plot-driven. But there's a movie like that by director Thomas Vinterberg, and it's about this man who goes to prison. Mm-hmm. And it's basically, like, they filmed it something like four or five years apart. But mm-hmm. basically, he sees his kids after five years... So, and, like, they're all little ones, like, mm-hmm. three, four-ish, um, and it kind of looks at them and the gap that he's in way in prison, mm-hmm. and, like, how they age with that progression, and how they change. Mm-hmm. So, it, the gap is smaller, but, again, same sort of, like, real-time yeah. aging vibe. Um, so, so, actually, um, <clears throat> Susan Saifoshik's first exposure to Arquette was... CSI Cyber it's kind of interesting to see this because she kind of goes from like because she's um, younger at the beginning of the movie and then by the end she kind of looks like how she does in CSI Cyber, uh-huh. which I thought <laughs> kind, of, kind of like I'm watching her um, mature into because she's because yeah. she's like you know the young mother in the movie yeah and, like, I just, like you see her mature into um, who she is now and then she left <laughs> Ethan Hawke Hawk to yeah. pursue a career and well in, yeah. her, in the CSI Cyber her child uh, does die so. <laughs> AU, everyone. Alternate universe. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, so she kind of, um, so she's like, so she's like a mother in the movie, so she's, um, so with the divorce and, like, she gets remarried several times through the movie, Mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting to see her kind of, like, she feels very real in this movie. Okay. Like, I like, like, if you were actually to watch, like, I think if you... Like it looks like like something like you could actually like a real person. Relate to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, she won an Academy Award for this movie, right? I believe so. Um, if not, she was nominated for it. Definitely know she was nominated. Um, cool. Uh, so is that everything? Um. Yeah. Yeah. There was, okay. So oh, would that you? That was a very interesting movie. Would like, you recommend any of them? Yeah, I would definitely recommend Boyhood. It was very like it's slow, but I feel like it's very like I think it's a different experience. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also recommend True Romance, obviously. They're going to say, you better. <laughs> just um, just be prepared. People murdering you from the other side of the table. <laughs> he became a Christian Slater fan because of the True Romance. Okay, yeah. Just okay, remember, okay. the movie is a product of the times at certain scenes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Just deal with that. Okay. Um, of the movies, I don't... I mean, they're all, they're all... Like, I don't think there's any I wouldn't want to see. Like, Cool. That's... Uh, hey, that's a... That's a, a, a rare opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Glad that you enjoyed them. Okay. Um, and yeah, and overall you liked her as an actress? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, I kind of wish that she would do some of, kind of more adventurous things. Uh, yeah, like, I guess like looking at four, four, four of the movies I picked, she kind of has like the same. 
typecasted. Yeah. But now she's kind of typecast yeah. as like the mother mm-hmm. and like it's, it's the Hollywood right? notion of she's mm-hmm. over what how old is she? She's, she's in her fifties? She's born in sixties, so she's the same age as my mom, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's yeah. over fifty. She's like used to be in, hit forty. Yeah. yeah. Well she's also unfortunately like because Hollywood wants all these skinny women, and she's mm-hmm. talked about this before, like, the fact that she's a larger woman doesn't allow her to get as many roles, which is... Which is, a, which is ridiculous. Awful. And when she does do her speeches when she wins things, like, this year, she always makes sure to, like, talk about issues that are really big in the time mm-hmm. period and call people out, and she calls people out very vividly. So mm-hmm. she's made a lot of enemies that way, even, like, in this past award she did at the SAG. Right. Yeah, no, she's definitely a very outspoken and a positive way uh, yeah. woman. But yeah, I'd like to see more of her because I think it's mm-hmm. a pity that she kind of gets typecast as like mm-hmm. an aged woman now. Because she's, mm-hmm. she's, I think she's shown her merit that she can go yeah. out there and do pretty and much she's anything. She's a long standing series too. Like yeah. Medium, she was on for a long time. Right. CSI yes. Cyber lasted longer than we remember. It was mm-hmm. like 36 episodes over three seasons. Oh, that was more than I thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, see, I that's more than I thought. <laughs> okay, uh, so let's move on to Sam. Uh, so, Sam, what app did you have? I had Toby Jones, and unfortunately, same thing with like Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Some of the movies he's in and then. Out. <laughs> okay, so, he's in and out, gotcha. Uh, one of the ones I watched was Finding Neverland. I swear he only had two lines. He's one of the actors in Johnny Depp's troupe um, when he's creating the Finding Neverland story for Peter Pan. Seriously, though, if you watch this movie, at least one Kleenex box, please. I don't usually cry during movies, but... Yeah, yeah you're not a cry. No, that's a tearjerker. So what's the premise of that one? So basically, um, Johnny Depp's character is the person who wrote Peter Pan. He's depressed, he's not having a good time with his friend, uh, his wife, he's not getting anywhere with his writing, all of his plays keep failing, um, but then he meets uh, this woman who has three kids and husbands also uh, died by this point, and oh. it's basically him becoming really close with one of the kids as well as the mother, um, one of the kids because they had to grow up so quickly after their father died, He's very closed in, doesn't use imagination, and he really gets the character out and makes sure that he actually has imagination and can play and can still be a kid. Mm-hmm. Because Johnny Cup's character is still a kid at heart. And you get through the movie and you see the mother's getting sicker and sicker and you kind of know what's going to happen. And Johnny Depp obviously has left his wife at this point. Uh-huh. Um, she goes and has an affair with another guy. Rip. Oh. Um, and so by the end, the mother does pass. They end up staging the play Peter Pan inside the mother's house. Mm-hmm. And so she passes away, and then at the end, Johnny Depp takes care of all the three kids and becomes their dad. And it's very sad, but Toby... That kind of sounds sad, yeah. <laughs> Toby Jones' character's in it for like two hot seconds is one of the actors in the play and says maybe... Four lines. Oh, okay. <laughs> Poor Toby. Poor Toby. And he's like a put in there as if he's a big build actor, and then I'm like, oh, okay, where are you coming? And never, okay, never mind. Okay. It was really good. Like, he did well. He was like visually there a couple times, but like, this. so for like, for there, he was like a visual, his strong visual presence. Yes. But And then the next movie was Chamber of Secrets, which he is a voice. Who is he the voice of? <laughs> Tommy. So basically the indentured servant or slave of Malfoy. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's a very good voice. <laughs> like his voice acting is really, really well. Like right now you're all seeing a lot more voice actors being in and like mm-hmm. a lot of them, which is some of the problems with certain movies, is they have no ability to actually get their emotion and motion that's seen through yeah. their voice. So you end up with really, really bland. Yeah, flat performances. Flat performances, you're like, oh, the character you're watching doesn't have any facial expressions, the voice has no intonation mm-hmm. and it sucks. But Toby Jones is not that. Yeah. You really can, like, feel Dobby's character's, like, emotions, what he's trying to do, over top mm-hmm. of the not the greatest CGI in the world that he's dating. <laughs> well, I was, I was going was to good. say, for the time, because CGI is starting to really take off, take off when we're doing that yeah. movie. It was like, good for the time period, but now it doesn't hold up. But yeah. if you watch it now, you still get those same sort of emotions coming out from it. He can really is able through his voice to be like crap's coming mm-hmm. get oh, like mm-hmm. I know I can't tell you this and I'm going to have to enjoy myself but come on Harry Potter don't be an idiot right yeah so he's like really good like this announcement like, and stuff yeah, yeah. Dobby mm-hmm. has like a recognizable voice like yeah. ever like you know I remember Dobby's. like being with my and brother and sister sound like, oh, like Toby Jones <laughs> you know yeah. Dobby's a friend yeah <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter, stop being an idiot. Oh, thank you for the sock. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty good. Um, also watched two episodes of The Tetris. Disclaimer. <laughs> if you are an archaeologist, you're going to have a hernia. Other than that, it's pretty good. The premise of the uh, show is basically two uh, men from different walks of life who are both detectorists trying to locate um, hordes and different metal in the ground that are archaeological things. Um, they assume if you find a hoard, you can sell it to the government and get a lot of money, so they're trying to find a fortune. Uh, but there's a lot of other issues. Um, Toby Jones' character, Lance, is very just trying to get through life in the way that he can. Doesn't really have many other ambitions other than can, can he be a detectorist. He's fine working at his bottom end job where he um, just moves around groceries at the grocery store. Um, and, well, stuff that's fallen out when you transport it into place, he will take that home for food, even though it has tire marks on it. Okay. That was a very disturbing scene in the second I episode. I'm like, like, um... Well, I think it's supposed to be funny, because he... And then he invites, like, his best, best friend. He's like, over. oh, come over for dinner. And literally, he's, like, wiping he off the tire marks. Oh, no. no. Yeah. But for sure. Um, oh, yeah. no. Like, Crook's character, Andy, I liked a lot more. He's kind of the one who really wants to, like... Pursue yeah. archaeology and like actual type stuff, legitimately. So is Jones kind of like like Tony, a has been or is he? He's kind of like, like going through like a middle age crisis. Yeah, like his his wife left him. Okay, for yeah. like this hippie guy, and he's still like doing chores for his wife and picking up like his yeah. in laws. It's very that's weird. So it's sad. It doesn't know? really get into that in the first two episodes, but I'm just like yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so, Lan- I was just kind of like, Lance, you have no redeeming qualities. If you get secondhand embarrassment easily like I do, don't recommend it. <laughs> okay, fair. So if you're yeah. prone to the secondhand embarrassment, helping it the a- best option. Yeah, oh. try like a tomato, not for you. <laughs> yeah, but I find it, like, very endearing. As you get into the series, you find out, like, like he's not he very happy. Like, he's trying to be happy, but, like, being a detectorist is, like, his only salvation. Yeah, like so he's trying. He's still in love with his ex-wife, who's clearly moved on. Uh huh. Yeah. His best friend is getting like has a is in a strong relationship and looking to move forward in his life. Yeah. So he's kind of behind. like stuck. Yeah. And then the only thing else that he has is um, 
it's a really cute scene. He actually sings, and he write. I think he writes for the the music for. Oh, cool. For the show. Okay. Nice. Um, but yeah, you just see him like in his living room, like playing on his little guitar. Oh. <laughs> and it's it's very sweet. Like it, it does. It, I feel like it does get better as the series goes along. Okay. So it's like it's a cute little British series. But. Yeah. Yeah. It lasted for quite a while for a yeah. series. But it's also nice to see Toby in like a more lead role, like he's a main yeah. character in this. Yeah, do you find like he's usually playing like secondary characters? Secondary comedic characters. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I'll get into one of the uh, movies I really like from him about the fact that he's not a comedic character. Um, and the next one that I saw was uh, Don't Forget the Driver, which is brand, brand new, just came out this year. Um, it's really interesting. It's he plays two roles in it actually, twins. Um, Peter Green, which is the main character, and Barry Green. Barry Green is the twin brother who basically has GTFO'd off to Australia and has all the money, but Peter Green does not. So Peter is basically going through life or am I getting the names backwards? Ah, there is a high possibility of that. No, okay, I'm getting the names right. So okay. Peter... So Peter's, like, like, the main Toby the, Jones. Yeah, the main Toby Jones. He's a driver um, who just basically takes people to where they need to go um, of a bus. So okay. sometimes it's contracted out to the older people who Like go. a party bus or, like, a like No, a no, no, bus? like, um, neither. Oh, okay. Um, you know, like, how you can, like, coach buses and you can rent them out and groups go in them, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, so one episode he's taking them over... To Dunkirk, a bunch of older people. He's clearly depressed with the entire series, and it starts off with him actually seeing a dead body oh. of someone who died. I, I'm assuming later on in the series um, explains most of it. It's set in a pro- post-Brexit world. Um, okay. So they go over to Dunkirk. He's used to driving those people. Um, he often gets um, screwed over by his co-driver. Mm-hmm. Um, his mother's ailing pretty badly, has dementia, and she has a tendency to be a bit racist um, towards her next-door neighbors who aren't white, and he's trying to deal with that. His brother is helping, in quotation marks, from Australia sending um, bed supplies to the mother, but in like ridiculous quantities, and because the mom's not thinking straight, she starts using them for other things. Okay. Um, it's really good to see him in a leading role and taking on a role that's much more serious. But again, there's still these comedic elements okay. to it to try, I think, lighten the fact that they're dealing with a lot of anti-immigration, politics of the time and sentiment, a lot of issues with how people are treating people who are not British and how people think. He's actually the father of a mixed-race uh, daughter who's having a lot of time. And one oh. of the issues actually is racism that she is experiencing in the small uh, town that they live in. <laughs> so it's a lot of topical issues that were happening at the time. See, that's interesting because I feel like that is very relevant, to pe- especially yeah. in, in Britain. With Brexit. With, with Brexit kind of looming still. And them having a lot of racial issues and tensions. Yeah. Um, it's kind of... A, like you said, it's good to see him in a leading role, but B, also it's kind of good to see some TV show writers, I guess, not afraid to tackle issues that are yeah. talking about, being like, here are the things that are doing wrong, here are the things that we can kind of do better, yeah. and like, and 
here's kind of what the mo- the quote unquote even like the modern British family looks like. Yeah, it's very topical, very interesting. I liked it a lot better um, than the check dress and the fact that it's dealing with serious topics and not making light of it, and you still get to see him in a very serious role, leading actor, and then there's a comedic other side of his other, because he seems to do comedy a lot, which I was actually quite surprised. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't He doesn't strike, strike me. as comedy. So, last one I saw was uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, first yes. seeing it. Yes, yes, yes. The cast? Amazing. Tell us about the cast. Tell us about the cast. Okay, my love... My Mark love. Strong is in it. So, uh, yes, roll your eyes. So for the audience, this is Sam's one, actually, one in two men that are bald that she finds attractive. <laughs> and, and, and the other one I don't find attractive. I just like his action uh-huh, scenes, okay. okay? The other one she's in Statham if we're keeping count. Yeah. But anyways, so Mark Strong, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark Strong, Colin Firth, Tom Hardy, Toby Jones, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Yeah, um, obviously. Lovely. A blonde Cumberbatch. What the hell? Oh, yeah, a blonde bended Cumberbatch. Who's <laughs> um, actually has a really good. major role in it as well. Like, and John hurt for like a hot two seconds in flashbacks. Yes. Um, so, it's a really, really strong cast. And the guy who plays Caesar in Rome. What's his name? I always forget his name, but I know you're talking about. I'm sorry. After from Rome, that I always forget your name. Yeah. So. Basically, it's in the 1970s. At this point, Bryn's spy game kind of sucks, the big one. And so they're trying to get in the good graces of the Americans by having really good intelligence. But what you notice is that there's an issue, there's a mole, and it starts off from that very beginning that um, Peter... No, not that name. Let me just get the correct names up one moment, please. My brain just turned off. So we're going to ask IMDb to help me out. (laughs) So Jim Perdue is Mark Strong's character, and he basically, what you think is he gets killed in the beginning um, by the double agent. Turns out not quite killed. Severely injured and tortured, but he still lives. Okay. Um, (laughs) He lives! Who knew? Anyways, um, Toby... uh, Jones' character... uh, Percy, he is taking over for the entire circus, which is what they would are calling the leaders of the spy ring. Um, and you have Gary Oldman's character, who is George Smiley, trying to figure out who the mole is. Mm-hmm. And as you're going through, what I really like about this uh, movie is that you can't figure out who's the actual bad guy. I'm usually really good at figuring it out. Yeah, yeah so you're actually very good at being able, like, into the point where it annoys you, but you're very good <laughs> at piecing together movies. And I know, I always know it's a good spy movie when she, if I've seen it and she's asking me questions and I'm like, oh, and like, she doesn't know what it is yet. <laughs> and I'm like, which means that they did a good job because if she figured this out in two seconds, it means directors and writers go back to the drawing board and she didn't do a good one. So she was watching this yesterday and she sent me a message and she's like, is this who did it? And I'm like, I'm not telling you. She said, is that who did it? I'm like, I'm not telling you. And she's like, mean. <laughs> So, yeah. Confirm my suspicions. Yeah, kudos to the director. That was kind of right. It was one of them. It's one of them is from the high round circle, giving grade A information to the Russians, directly to Carlo, which is the head of the FS, 
the KGB at the time. And it turns out to be Colin Firth's character. No! Yeah. (laughs) And you, apparently, he really, really liked Purdue, and Purdue really, really liked him. Yeah, we don't know. There's a lot of glancing eyes and gazing from other sides of (laughs) dance floors and smiling pictures together. So I was like, are you? Who knows? Anyway. Oh, the plot thickens. (laughs) The plot does thicken. So I love a good now I'm interested. I love a good Lonnie glance. I love a good spiral, a gay spiral romance. Tony Jones's character is now like the head of the entire story, so he is fully in control of everything, and he's trying to sell like, yeah, witchcraft is the best. It's giving us the greatest information. And meanwhile, he doesn't know, and he suspects that Peter, um, so Cumberbatch's character is bad, and like starts screaming at him at some points, and I'm like, ooh, serious. Scary Toby Jones. I didn't know you had it in you. <laughs> and Toby Jones is quite, he's like quite physically short. Correct? Yeah. Yeah, he's Hi. tiny. So, see a little, it's like a little man, like, taking on a guy with yeah. Cumberbatch, like, over I mean, that's he's, he's huge! Yeah. yeah, so, Jones, is a, I think, is a, can, can be, when you're given... Intimidating, yeah. Can he, be intimidating, can be a powerhouse. Petrifying! I'm, like, finally seeing him, like, actually, even though he's not in it a lot, seeing him actually, like, in a power role, I was like... Mm-hmm. Like, as opposed to, like, a meek, sort of, like, yeah. I'll do what you say... It's kind at of. the end, you see him, like, visibly, like, distraught, walking through the rain, doesn't have an umbrella or anything, because he realizes he just screwed over his entire country. Right. So he's, it's really interesting. And in the end, um, our lovely character, who's played by Tom uh, Colin Firth, gets killed off by Mark Strong's character. Oh, no! Yeah. <laughs> Shot in the head from a very far wow. distance. In the book, apparently, um, his neck gets broken after walking. I was going to say. Yeah, because it connects to the fact that in the beginning, when we find out that, oh, yay, he's actually alive, mm-hmm. um, a owl flies into the classroom where he's teaching um, on fire, and then he hits it down and breaks its neck because it's basically dead. Right. So you're like, that's connection, but they decide to be very, very explicit and show him sniping him. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to say, I read, I see, like, I didn't, I read the book, but I did not know they were part of a, a series. Yeah. So they're all based on the John Le Carre novels, and there's, like, six or seven in them. Yeah. So, like, the Spy that came in from the rain, mm-hmm. um, T. Taylor Soldier Spy, and, like, there's a bunch of other, of Smiley's yeah. people, I think, is another one. Yeah, yeah Smiley um, is, one ends up at the end being, once again, the head of the... Circus. So, yeah. So, but, like, I kind of read them out of order. I was like, what is going on? I'm like, who's, why? I'm like, they just introduced that guy. Why is he dead? I don't understand. <laughs> so. This movie has made me go, want to go read the books. So, Lacar is a great, he's a great detective <laughs> yeah. author, hands down. Yeah. So it was actually really good. Um, I enjoyed it. So, since you've been asking the questions about everybody else, if I, one that I probably would not recommend watching just because it's not my cup of tea mm-hmm. is Detectress. I know Adriana <laughs> loves it, but... We have a kerfuffle audience. Can I just say he wa- Toby Jones won the BAFTA for Detectress. Oh. I'm not saying it's bad, it's just... 2018. I get second-hand <laughs> 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 second embarrassed for like nobody's business. I turn red as a tomato, ask Nicole, it's... This is, this is true, audience. What? I, I don't know. They're, they're just... I want to be yelling at them. To get your shit together. No, I, lo- I watch British television all the time, but 
comedies are not something I'm into. I find, especially when it's comedies based on like people being stupid. Yeah, that's I want to yell at the people on the television, then get your shit together, or I'm going to drop kick you off the side of cliffs. <laughs> Did anything surprise you? Like, was there any of your movies that are like, oh, wow. Ticket Taylor. Hard eyes, a great thing. Um, Fantastic cast. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big cast. I was sad that he wasn't in it as much in Finding Neverland. Again, I hadn't seen that one before, and I was just like, oh, oh okay. And I really liked uh, Don't Forget the Driver. Like, oh, it was interesting, it was good, no secondary embarrassment, um, lots of issues that are relevant today, probably will eventually go see the other four episodes, eventually. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think that was a good find, too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And what do you think of him overall as an actor? He needs to do less comedy and more serious acting, because that's definitely, you can see how he's a powerhouse of an actor, but I find he's... He's never given that opportunity. He's never given that opportunity, I feel like, and like... Comedy-wise, it often plays off of, like, the fact that he's smaller, shorter, and I just find, like, that's kind of, like, lazy writing. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I'd agree with that, yeah. They kind of use him as kind of, like, almost... Yeah. Like, kind of, like, like the, the, the comedic humors and the fact that he's genetically short. And I was like, yeah. hey, I'm like, that's not nice. I'm like, he cannot help the way he exactly. looks or the, how, he, how tall he is, and you guys are just kind of making fun of him. Exactly. Like, it's just very awkward and um, not greatest use of his abilities. I find mm-hmm. in British films, he does a lot more prominent roles, but in American films, it's like, eh. They Sorry, can get Peter, if they can get Peter Dinklage serious roles, like, there's no... Yes, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that is yeah. very true, yeah. And, like, well, even with Peter Dinklage, like, they started off in him being, like, that kind of sort of kind of comedic, comedic but, like, yeah. he's like, ain't nobody going to do that to me. Like, he kind of asserted himself in a more way, and I would hope that Toby Jones, Jones could, but I guess maybe it's just... I think he has yeah. evolved though. Like recently, like, the yeah. First time I saw him was like ever after, and he's like one of the queens, henchmen. like henchmen again, yeah. you know. And then he's just kind of there for laughs, and he kind of has a thing with yeah. one of the stepsisters, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And she's like, "Yeah, I'm only here for the food," and he's like, "Mm-hmm, me too." <laughs> oh, yeah. It'd be like mood, but yeah, yeah. So, don't so I think he's involved from there. Yeah. Hopefully, as the more films like Don't Forget the Driver, it's a very serious one, and it's just come out this year, so maybe in the coming years they'll get better stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's about mm-hmm. it. Okay, great. Uh, anybody have any other sort of closing comments or things they'd like to add before you wrap up? Okay. Mm-hmm. Very interesting movies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, we are going to be picking our, our second actors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, there isn't really a sort of a sound effect for it. Is they just have our bingo ball rollers you'll see on our Instagram account? Um, we could probably edit that in. Yes, an artificial sound. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> well, we're, we're cue talking. the sound <laughs> of the bingo, bingo roller. Ball. We will leave a nice little space here. Okay. And so Nicole, your next person is and be prepared for her shouts of glee and happiness. Rami Malek. Yes. <laughs> my boy. My son. <laughs> You're everything. My everything. If you can't tell, she really likes him. <laughs> Anyways. Plus. Um, everyday gifts. <laughs> everyday gifts, yeah. So, uh, audience, Adriana and I send the, each other pictures of Rami Malek almost daily. And basically trying to outwow each other with how yeah. beautiful and gorgeous It's getting hard to, like, find new photos of him. <laughs> without Side being a creeper. Also, 
Our lovely host, Nicole, has many people she likes to call baby, and that's my one son. of them. And my son. Yes. At last count, it was around 45, so if you hear it often, I'm sorry. Anyways. Everybody's my son. <laughs> Adriana, round of applause. She has... Marissa, Marissa Tomei. Excellent. I love her. I'm actually super excited. Now, yes. So, Jordan, you have Lance Hendrickson, which is... Bishop, Bishop, Bishop. Thank you. Yes. Um, For those of you who don't know or do not know, Bishop is the greatest android of all time. From the aliens. <laughs> from the series. alien franchise. Cool. Anyway, <laughs> I would have thought that would have been Connor or I said from I said <laughs> the alien franchise from the alien okay, franchise. Okay, I will give you that. <laughs> as much as I love Michael Fassbender. And I have Clint Howard, who is the brother of Ron Howard. Oh, Ron, Ron Howard. <laughs> He's famous by association. Yeah, yeah. He's one of those, my brother is famous, so I'm famous type of people. Why do we have him in? <laughs> because he's one of our oddballs. <laughs> that was a former member who decided to throw in a, let's say, screw you. Yeah, we have a couple. Yeah, so we do have a couple screw you actors in there, so don't be Sorry, surprised Sam. if you hear some of the oddest names you, well, are spoken about often in Hollywood. Yeah. Anyways, um, so this about wraps us up. Um, so join us next month on our second episode. Um, feel free to leave any comments, questions, recommendations. We'll put up our master list so you can see our progress. Um, if you're saying like, hey, I really like this actor and they're not on that list, don't worry. We're going to create a back burner list so other people that aren't there, uh, we'll throw them on the list and they'll be in our next round. Um, and... We are going to be setting up our Instagram account, which will hopefully be up and rolling for our our next uh, our next sort of meeting, and we hope to see you next time. Bye. Bye.